Welcome back to Sound Thoughts on Art, an audio series from the National Gallery of Art. I'm Celeste Headley. When we engage with art, it kickstarts our five senses. We hear music or feel the beat of a drum in our chests. We see the vivid colors of a photo. We take in the three dimensions of a sculpture. We savor the taste of fine food. Sometimes you can smell the carved wood or the smeared oil paint. But when there's crossover, when a piece of art activates multiple senses and they begin to interact and intertwine, that's when things really get interesting. When we listen to melody, what images flash through our minds? When we study the brushwork in a painting, what do we hear? This podcast lives in that crossover, in the space at the center of our five senses Venn diagram. In each episode, you'll learn about a work at the National Gallery and you'll hear a musician respond to that work through sound, creating a dialogue between the visual art and music. Sound Thoughts on Art delves into our personal relationship with art and the unique response we have to beautifully made things. For the final episode of season two of Sound Thoughts on Art, we turn to one of the greatest painters the world has ever seen, Pierre-Auguste Renoir a giant in the world of Impressionism. Renoir's paintings are known for their use of color and their sensuousness, particularly in his depiction of women. Though he was a very capable, realistic painter, his work often took liberties with form, with anatomy, even with the story that was being told. Take, for example, his 1898 work titled Young Spanish Woman with a Guitar. In it, a young woman in a really opulent jacket, a hair scarf, and a kind of pillbox hat picks at a guitar. Her left hand on the frets is fluid and bent in ways that the human hand doesn't really bend. It suggests motion and complete comfort with the instrument. Whoever this woman is, she seems to be a seasoned performer, which, as Mary Morton, the National Gallery of Art's curator and head of French paintings, will tell you, is inherently funny because this woman was neither Spanish nor a guitarist. She was one of Renoir's many models. Is the young lady that's in this painting actually Spanish? No, she would be a model. Um, And he's not really that interested in her individuality. I mean, you can't really see her face. Um, he, this is a, a costume that he owns and he has dressed her in this beautiful bolero jacket. Um, and he just loves the, he's, he's always loved fashion and costumes. And he, um, will frequently dress up his, his models in, in, in outfits that, um, have, you know, a kind of, um, rich texture and color, uh, and particularly in this case, a kind of, um, reference to a, to a, an exotic culture that he's trying to, to sort of conjure. Um, and one imagines because she's wearing this bolero jacket and she has that, fantastic red um, scarf uh, tied around her head that she's probably playing Spanish music as well. Um, and I think, you know, the guitar was 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 the Spanish instrument par excellence in, in the 19th century, certainly conceived of or conceived so in, um, in France. I mean, I think, you know, Spanish guitarists were coming to the scene in Paris and playing for audiences. So there's an association between the guitar, guitar music, and Spain that he's also gesturing to here. 
But the amazing thing about visual art, like music, is the way its meaning changes depending on the person who views it. For singer-songwriter Sonia de los Santos, it really doesn't matter how the painting got made. She sees herself in it. And that's enough. Can, can I start by asking you what kind of a guitar this young woman is holding? That looks to me like a Spanish classical guitar, um, six-string guitar, nylon-string guitar, probably. Um, it's pretty common in, in Spain and in Europe um, in that time. Why are you, I mean, it's clear that you're drawn to this picture. What draws you in? Well, I, I guess I see a, a sense of, of awe in this woman of discovery of this musical instrument. And I perhaps see a younger version of myself uh, looking at a guitar when I first got a guitar as a gift from my godfather on my 13th birthday. And I was not looking for it, but I um, I grew up singing and I was singing all the time. And he showed up to my birthday party with a guitar and said, you know, you sing, but one day you're going to accompany yourself on guitar. And that's exactly what happened, but it took quite a while to get there. I would characterize his painterly career as one that is quite musical, in the sense that um, he's really interested in color and touch, and the kinds of pleasures, sensory pleasures that you get from music can be had in a similar way from his paintings. So we're talking about, you know, harmony and and sort of counterpoint and tone. Um, and in fact, the critical literature that builds up around Renoir's work and Impressionism more broadly does start to use musical terminology to account for the, the kind of increasingly abstract nature of the pleasures to be had from Impressionist painting. You know, it's not so much about well, it's it's not so much about the subject matter. Um, so, for instance, in, in this case, this is a very charming subject, but I think the real power of this painting is is about the color, the color of that incredible red against the black, and then these greens and yellows, soft greens and yellows, sort of creating a um, a kind of tonal backdrop to the to this these very poignant notes. Um, and and so just you know just the language that I am using right now it's a it's a it's a language that has been um, you know conjured to I mean how do you translate musical pleasures musical sensations into words you have to come up with a vocabulary and it has been documented that in French art criticism in the 1870s and 80s art critics started to use musical terminology to a degree than that, that they had not before, um, to talk about paintings by Corot, particularly paintings by Monet, but also by, by Renoir. I mean, if you have a paintings movement that is increasingly about color effects, I think it makes a lot of sense to, to, um, to think about music and almost a kind of synesthetic uh, pleasure to be had. So when you look at this painting, or if you can remember when you first looked at it, what music came to mind? Uh, more, uh, you know, Spanish, um, I don't know, flamenco style of music um, that I don't really know exactly how to play, but I know I have influences of that because I'm a mix of obviously Spanish 
and an indigenous and who knows what else you know that we're all very mixed in in the region where I'm from in my, in my family in Mexico but and, and also just growing up you know we we used to listen to to songs from from this time too and from from songs from Spain and the United States and Mexico and everywhere and what tell me about the music that you chose to accompany to respond to this picture I wrote a song called Sueña and uh, that means stream and it uh, it's it just broadly talks broadly talks about um, following dreams you know that everybody everyone has a dream and when I see you know when I see this young woman I, I wonder if she if she had a dream of continuing to play this guitar or follow her dreams somewhere else or maybe she was going to migrate to another country which was ultimately my case so this is a song that's very very close to my heart and it's called sueña and what are the sounds of this song well let me get my guitar and i'll show you a little bit (laughs) what i'm holding now it's a it's a six string guitar and this guitar is actually from mexico but um it looks very similar to what she has in the painting. Sueña, sueña, no dejes de soñar. Sueña, sueña. No dejes que te detengan, que en el camino te hagan dudar. Sigue a paso firme y muy pronto llegarás. Sueña, sueña, no dejes de soñar.
that is so lovely. Um, can you tell me a little bit about what the lyrics mean? Thank you. Yes. Um, it says we all have dreams we we want to accomplish. Doesn't matter where you are from. Know that um, you can make them come true. Don't let others discourage you um, and make you stop halfway there. Uh, just keep walking and one day they will come. Um, that's generally what the song is about. Was it common for Impressionist paintings of that time to take on Spanish subjects? Well, yeah, I mean, Impressionism as a proper movement is, is, is over, the last exhibition was 10 years earlier. Um, but yes, there was a real Hispano-mania, Hispanophilia, that starts in the Second Empire. The Empress of the Second Empire, Napoleon III's wife, was Spanish, and so things, and uh, the French had long been enamored of, infatuated with Spanish culture. Uh, in the 1860s, Manet makes Spanish subjects very much uh, kind of avant-garde um, them thematics. Uh, he paints, uh, he's, everybody's really excited about uh, bullfights and Spanish music. And it's thought, I mean, you have to think about Paris uh, in the late 19th century, which Paris actually, for all of its reputation for being the city of light, a good part of the year, it's pretty, um, the sun sets early and it's a very rainy city, um, very urban, dense. And, um, and so I think there was a kind of fantasy about Spain as a land of sunshine and sensuality and colorful um, costumes and music um, and so I think you know Renoir is kind of playing into that sort of mythology about Spain I mean it's not entirely mythic all of those things are accurate Spain is much more complicated than that but this is the kind of um, this is the kind of uh, theme that runs through through French painting in the 19th century a real sort of uh, it's, it's a f fantasy fantasy about a kind of exotic other that is Spain and, uh, you know, I think, I, I mean, I would qualify this as almost an Orientalist picture. And, um, of course, Renoir participated in that movement with a vengeance. For our listeners for whom the word Orientalist may seem unfamiliar, uh, can you explain what that means? Yeah, it's a, it's a term that um, art historians and historians use to describe uh, cultural movement that um, went hand in hand with fantasizing about the lands that, that France was colonizing. And there's, uh, well, you know, we're not going to get into this with this picture, but there's this insidious way in which Orientalism um, aids and abets imperial power. Uh, but this is way too much for this podcast, especially since we're talking about Spain. So I think maybe we maybe we sidestep the whole itself Orientalist. a colonial power. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the things that I think is really interesting about this picture, uh, Renoir doesn't paint young women with guitars very often. There's a handful, um, but he's very well known for painting young women with pianos, young women at the piano. And Renoir himself did love music. He was uh, a mellow main. He went to concerts. Um, there is a wonderful portrait that he does of Wagner, for instance, the German composer. Um, he was a very talented singer himself as a young man. My dear old Mexico, this land is also mine. It's not only 
been for you as a performer during this really kind of volatile time um, where uh, people who are not just Latino or Hispanic, but from Mexico specifically, have to endure a lot of stereotypes and prejudice. Uh, how has that been? It's been a roller coaster, really. Um, you know, there have been really lucky that, you know, to have found incredible people here in the U.S. that have seen something in me uh, and have given me an honest <laughs> and generous chance to to do what I like to do. Um, but that's not always the case where we go. You know, that's that's unfortunately not, you know, not every door it's open with that um, with that uh, that smile that we want to see in, our, in in other people's faces. But you know, it's one day at a time. I try to keep positive and try to spread a message of um, of inclusion, of avoiding you know just horrible stereotypes, and and being supportive also of migration as a fundamental human right. Um, and I know I'm speaking as, a, as an immigrant here myself, but, but I, I do believe in that and, and I try to, to capture that also in, in the messages in our songs. Is there a part of you that feels the music can communicate on that deeper level? I sure hope so. I, I do. I, I give it a lot of thoughts to, to the messages in songs and, and what the music also just not lyrically, but just the music itself and the melodies and what they evoke. And sometimes hearing a, a melody and a violin to me um, that sounds like home and sounds like Mexico, um, it's it's all I need, you know? It's, 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 it's a beautiful thing that it can really take you somewhere else and, 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 and lift your spirits. So I do hope that, that these messages translate musically, even if people who are listening to our songs doesn't necessarily speak the language, but there's something in the music and in the spirit of the music and how it's performed and and how people are on stage smiling at each other, uh, reminding each other that we could be friends, for example. Um, I hope that that reads the way I intended it to to, to be. Which, you know, we're connecting this art form um, of music, which is absorbed through the ears, to this art form of painting that is absorbed entirely through the eyes. What are, what's the connection between visual art and musical art? I love visual art. I, um, I think about how, how things look to, you know, uh, how I present um, you know, just like a cover of an album, for example, which seems very obvious, but, but a lot of people don't put a lot of, of effort in that. And, and I think it, it communicates so much and it can, it can bridge many different meanings, just like an image is, it, it opens a whole other, a whole other part for the imagination. And just like me looking at this painting and figuring out how would it sound, I think people look at an album cover or look at a photograph with, of me performing or anybody else um, in that case um, would, would wonder, you know, how, how does that sound like? How do I imagine it sounds like?
Thanks once again to Sonia de los Santos for joining us. You can learn more about her and Renoir at the National Gallery of Arts website, nga.gov slash podcast. Sound Thoughts on Art will enjoy a break over the summer, but we'll have more details on what's next soon. In the meantime, keep tabs on everything the National Gallery is working on at nga.gov. Sound Thoughts on Art is a production of the National Gallery of Art's Music Department. The show was created by Danielle Hahn, the National Gallery of Art's Head of Music Programs, and it was mixed and produced by Maura Curry. To support the show, share Sound Thoughts on Art and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen. I'm Celeste Headley. Until we meet again, be well. Be well.